Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066 or go to the website cambridgeyescredit.org forward slash bw hyphen podcast and get your house in order. The Credit Connection, a program sponsored by Cambridge Credit Counseling, an industry leader in providing advice and help to those who have concerns about their credit. With interest rates rapidly rising, your cost of credit is also draining your budget. This program will help you as consumers manage your credit to the best possible outcome. You will learn what's happening with interest rates, what the forecast might be for the directions of rates. You will be kept updated on the pricing of different credit products. You'll find out what credit products to stay away from and ones to use. You will learn strategies that can help you get control of your credit and keep it under control for you and your family. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a nonprofit organization dedicated to provide you information and guidance so you can make the right decisions. So let's join our hosts, Dan Perkins and Gordon Oliver. Hello and welcome to the Cambridge Connection. I'm Dan Perkins. And joining us today is Gordon Oliver, who has been on our show many times. And we're going to talk about two subjects today. First, we're going to talk about inflation and how it's expanding credit card debt and how wages are not keeping up with the inflation, even at 7.1. And then the second part of the program, we're going to talk about a lot of people's favorite subjects at the moment, and that's Bitcoin. So <laughs> crypto. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show again, sir. Dan, thank you very much for having me. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you're doing okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. I still don't have any electricity. Again, you know the, the conversations we had about the media, when they're there when all the big grandiose things are happening, like boats piling up and the bridge being destroyed, but no follow-up for consumer education, protection to go to see what someone like you is going through in the process. Um, yeah. and, and you're well-planned. Imagine if you're not well-planned, right? Yeah, right. Okay. So uh, thank you for that. Um, it, it certainly has been a life-changing event, but, but so will, what we're going to talk about possibly be a life-changing event. We had the, the, <clears throat> the government report yesterday on, on the inflation rate at 7.1%, and everybody seemed to be thrilled with 7.1%, except they also reported that real wages went up 5.8%. So real wages are still behind inflation. Now, there's one point I want to make about the, the inflation number. The 7.1 was for the reporting period annualized. It wasn't year-to-date total inflation because we had eights, eights and almost nines. So it's, it's a little misleading. But anyway, what's happening, and you and I talked about this, people who are working... If they got a raise of 5.8%, they're still behind inflation. 
And they're coming into a time when bankers are concerned that uh, people are leveraging their credit card debt to uh, spend for their family. Uh, and they can only do that for a, a relatively short period of time. And then the credit line is gone. What do they do? It's a great question. So let me let me just set a few things here um, for this discussion. Number one, uh, this is a problem when you're looking at your information through the media, right? This is the problem. You have just uncovered a simple um, miscalculation, if you will, or misreporting on what the reality is. And it's simple for the people and your listeners watching the show. The real question when you put something like that out for what is going on with the economy is for the average family, has your situation improved in the last year? And have you made more money than what you're able to keep up with as far as the raising expenses from groceries to gas to the energy companies have been reporting a massive increase in energy spending in 2023 uh, of the winter months. So the, the, when you hear these statistics, while they're alarming and they're true, there's also reports out there that will try to tamp down that reality so that people aren't panicking. But And I'm not asking people to panic. What it, what it comes down to is it's time to batten down the hatches and it's time to get control because there, there are many things that you can't control, i.e., your credit card companies raising your interest rates out of nowhere because of risk factors and the interest raising. Those are things you can't control, but what you can control is your spending through budgeting. And if you are overwhelmed with debt, there are viable solutions um, that are available that we provide and our industry provides. And lastly, not to make mistakes from desperation on advertisements that will just take you down a rabbit hole that will ruin your credit and get you in a worse off position. Gordon, I can't tell you, I'm sure you know, but I, the number of emails that I get in a day offering me a, a credit card, offering me a loan, if you're underwater, we, we can help. I mean, it's just amazing the number of offers. And um, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure everybody else is being inundated too, but but um, the, the, the banks are, in, in my opinion, taking more risk they're putting they on are. and they're and they're they're put they're lowering the amount of money that you can get on your a credit limit but they're also raising the interest rate dramatically on yes. what it's going to cost you to take the money and remember again we, we i won't get too far into this but when it comes to fico scoring when your limit comes down to your balance it drops your fico score just because of available credit. So that's not in your control per se, if the bank does it arbitrarily out of nowhere. The second uh, thing I wanna point out to what you just said was if, and this is where you gotta be careful when you're looking for news because there will be offsets on this information to try to have people not panic, but there's information out there that record numbers of applications for new lines of credit are being applied for through the banks because people need to find a way to pay for things that have gone up when their income has not increased. Right. And, and I personally talk to banks and mortgage companies and credit, uh, uh, credit unions, and they're seeing borrowers that borrowed off their equity when the rates were real low to pay off credit card debts. And then you've got all these open lines of credit. And then if your income doesn't increase and you've got an equity loan now, 
And now you're using your credit cards again and getting them back to the levels what you borrowed to pay off. Now you're in a position where you have another loan equally in the amounts of your credit limits on your credit cards and you're stuck because you're not making more money. You just have shouldered more debt with high interest rates. We've talked about this issue in the past and we've talked about it from the standpoint of making the hard decisions. What are some of the decisions that people who find themselves in this position should do? And I make I, this is rough for me because this is where you've got to really have a budget in place. Because if you don't know the facts, a lot of people will just operate when they get their paychecks. They know what they have to pay until they run out and then wait for the next paycheck. 60% of consumers are living paycheck to paycheck. So, number one, if you're not accounting for and planned for what that income has got to cover, it's called a spending plan, really, because budgeting people don't really like that word. So, let's just call it a spending plan. Now's the time, especially if you're going to put a resolution in place, because we're right around the new year, you need to take the month of January. It's simple. January 1st to January 30th, track every dollar that goes out of your income and make sure you jot it down to match up what you think you're spending on things. Groceries, entertainment. People still go out to restaurants. Credit cards are used more than ever in restaurants. Don't know whether people are paying it off or not, but you know sometimes entertainment has got to be shut down where there's more inexpensive things you can do at home. Um, there are old card games like cribbage, as I use that as an example. I learned that game with uh, my grandparents and uh, those are inexpensive ways to have some fun. So, you know, unfortunately that hurts the economy too when people stop spending, we saw that with COVID. But for your, in, for your household, for your budget, for your lifestyle, there's gotta be some areas that you have to cut back. And some people don't like recommendations, but carpooling, when gas is high, Carpooling is something that you can do with a few coworkers or friends to get from point A to point B, even go into the grocery store to cut down on spending on fuel. And then, of course, reaching out to your energy company to make sure that any of the programs they have to cut your energy bill, um, not just yourself in your house turning things down and, and being careful, but also asking your energy company if they can help for you to be more energy efficient. Gordon, <clears throat> why are people so reluctant to want to do what you're su suggesting? It's habits, Dan, right? It's, it's all about habits. Budgeting, for since I've been in this industry, when a person calls in and is having trouble, I would say 99% of the people don't have a budget, and they're guessing on what they're spending on things that are not um, fixed, like your, your mortgage is fixed, uh, your your car payments, your car loans are fixed. Your insurance premiums typically year to year are the same premium monthly, but groceries are not. And again, when the cost for everything goes up and you were spending 400, um, you could easily get to 550 or 600 getting the same items these days. So it's, it's the variable expenses that people don't really know what they're spending on. And that's where those categories, your, your entertainment, your, um, groceries, what you're buying for, trying to make meals that are a little bit more uh, cost efficient that can last longer. Those are the things that people have to um, get control of if they don't have it. And typically it's all habit until catastrophes happen. A lot of times people will not act until they're really up against the wall. Now, that's where when we credit counsel people, that's usually what happens when people call us. They're at that point where they're just at the tipping point and something's got to be done. And what kind of services do you provide for people? So um, credit counseling is a free service that we do a budget analysis, like I'm mentioning, a spending plan to see income and expenses. So at least we're starting the customer 
with that budget so we can work off of that document and the, the spending. Even though if it changes a little bit, we're starting with a starting point. Then we pull a credit report on the consumer to see all of their bills, to make sure all their secured items are on the budget, to see how much they owe in outstanding unsecured loans, credit cards, et cetera. And then we have uh, an analysis for a plan that we provide where we work directly with the credit card companies. It's not a negotiation. We work directly with every credit card company there is to achieve benefits for the client where we combine their monthly payments into one monthly payment. They pay that payment to my organization. We distribute their payments monthly to the creditor. And in turn, the client gets benefits, which include reducing interest rates, where the average rate is 8% on what they pay to pay the debt down. They're able to lower their payments about 25%, so it's more affordable. And then if in, they've gotten to the point where they fell behind and they're reaching out already in trouble, another great benefit we can get. And in economic times like this, we we'll see this all the time, where they've fallen behind, we're able to get them back on track without them having to make up all the back payments and late fees. And then with that one simple payment, they're typically out of debt in around 44 to 48 months and improving their status along the way as far as getting their debt to income ratio down, showing that they're making their payments and they wanna pay their bills back. In the uh, couple of minutes we have left in this segment, let me, uh, in this segment, let me, uh, let me ask a, a difficult question. Um, it would seem to me that it would be difficult, very difficult to, for an individual who's in deep trouble to come face to face with the reality of what he or she did. That's yet, correct. If they don't, what are their choices? So it's a lot of times it's the, the whoever handles the finances and we hope that the couples share that dialogue, share that experience, share the budget. But a lot of times one person or the other in the household is handling the finances. Um, and it really is just a not really knowing what's available to help. And more importantly, um, just trying to hold up the fort until, you know, the, the, the gates broken and things are falling apart. So um, we, when we counsel people, Dan, usually one or two and four will use the program because it makes sense. But the counseling is all to steer the client in the right direction if they can't use a program that we have so that they're not further damaging the situation, like some of these advertisements for credit repair and debt settlement. Um, we steer them with an action plan. Everybody get, walks away, whether they join our program or not, with an action plan with things that can be done in various categories from utilities to car expenses. We look at percentages, like how much are you paying out of your income for housing, which is typically supposed to be around 28%. We'll see examples where it's 35, 42%, where people are just paying so much for housing that everything else is becoming difficult. So um, sending people with an action plan, it gives them at least a narrowed down understanding of what their options are to try to go do it on their own. Or sometimes we have to talk about getting a bankruptcy consultation because they're just too far gone and there's no real solution to turn the situation around. And that's still a viable strategy if that's what it is. Well, thank you. We've been talking to Gordon Oliver from Cambridge Credit Counseling, and we'll be right back after this break to continue and talk about Bitcoin. We'll be right back. We're 
we're back with Gordon and we're we off air we've been talking about Bitcoin and all the things that are going on um the the amount of money that has been lost in Bitcoin has is just staggering and and you've got I want to take you back in time take you back to the mortgage crisis yep and um uh, we had talking heads saying that um the brokerage firms were in, were in fine shape that the these mortgages were not going to bring them down mm -hmm. and uh within two weeks later they were they were gone and so um we look at what's going on and and i say who do we believe who should we believe do we believe that the hucksters who were talking about bitcoin um I, I i don't think so but i'm interested in your take where do you think the bitcoin market is going yeah so uh, these opinions are my own from just my own research because it comes up when we talk to people i've had guests on my radio program that are in the cryptocurrency space and let's just talk about it for what it is number one um and this is not coming from expertise this is just basic thought when when i first recognized what cryptocurrency was it was because hackers were locking down data from companies and individuals or holding them ransom for something they're storing on their computer and having them pay in a currency other than cash which typically was untraceable so that's where it started but yet um, what i've learned from some of the people that are in the industry is that it really is a faction, a global faction, that because we're in the tech age, has a philosophy that your assets are better off stored um, in your control and that, that the third party middlemen, the banks, are the ones to blame for many of the crises we've had over time. So you bring up the mortgage industry, you took me back. I'll take you back a little even further. If you remember, the mortgage uh, timeframe when, when mortgage companies were offering 125% right. of the value, which completely caused its own catastrophe. And that was just doing something that you should never do, which is getting people more money for something that isn't of that same value. And in a lot of cases, weren't appropriately ready to handle such a debt repayment like that, because 125% means they needed more. Um, than what you would normally get at 100%, right? So there's a reason mortgages ask for 20% up or you have an insurance that you have to pay for because there's that gap with the depreciation of the asset that is risk. So that's how they mitigate it. So coming back full circle in the cryptocurrency world, um, this is your typical, this was no different than the stock market in this. Consumers that are middle American everyday people that see that there's an opportunity to invest money and all of a sudden have that money uh, grow a hundredfold, a thousandfold, 50,000fold. We're constantly given examples of people that have prospered with investments almost as a sales pitch to make other people get hooked in. And lo and behold, you find typically there's no quick fix. There's no quick investment. Back in the day when IPOs were that potential to buy shares very cheaply and be on that run before everybody uh, bought in and, and the shares went uh, up tremendously, that just became another game. So cryptocurrency 
is seemingly just another game. However, it has a lot of backing uh, because there's a faction that wants it to work because they don't believe in governmental control of, of funds and taxation and, and many principles and philosophies that many people believe in. But because it's gotten so large, I mean, look, there are ATMs where you can buy Bitcoin. You know, there, there's systems in place now. It just lacked oversight. It lacked someone guarding the hen house and the fox and foxes got in and we stand with uncertainty, which just causes more problems in a very questionable economy. The, the new CEO of the, of the Bitcoin company was testifying before Congress and he was saying that he couldn't believe the lack of oversight controls. And, yep. reporting. and so, I saw I saw the gentleman that took over for the FTX had basically just labeled it as it's just flat out simple embezzlement. That's what it is. Right. So here's the here's the other cautions. When we when we put people that are in the celebrity arena in as experts, right? Uh, you follow what they do and what they get involved with. You've got some major celebrities in this FTX situation that have, are seemingly out to lose a ton of money. Um, so when you when you treat celebrities like they're experts and you're taking advice for them or tracking them and thinking, <laughs> if you can see that they can fall too. It's just another red flag that you need to be a little bit more educated personally, not always taking information advice from everybody. You're a, you're a longtime financial advisor and you've given advice to people over the years and I'm sure you can understand there are people that will just listen to you. And I obviously you're a credible um, person to give that information, but there's a lot of people out there that are more interested in commission and what they make. And if people don't do a little bit of due diligence and, and research, you get kind of get what you get at that point, you know, and it's, it's troubling. It, it seems to me that the, um, the problems with the Bitcoin, excuse me, the problems with the Bitcoin was that um, nobody was watching. Right. Everybody was counting their, their commissions or counting their tickets, but nobody was really watching. There was no real oversight yep. over what was going on. They made those warnings. They, they weren't about that. And yet it still didn't matter until this is like what I talk about all the time, Dan, just even in changes in government, changes in the financial industry. It always takes catastrophes for people to really move and now become invested. And a lot of times it's never too late, but you're already hurt because you waited for that catastrophe and then you have to backtrack and then you lost money. Then you've mm -hmm. got to figure out what to do next. So unfortunately, in a lot of areas, it takes catastrophes to have people kind of wake up that they need to be engaged. Yeah, and, and, and with more and more people, we don't, right now, I don't think, Gordon, we have a, a real good handle on how many people have been adversely affected in this situation on we a global don't. basis. We know some big stars have, have taken some hits, but... <clears throat> Um, it, it's a, kind of like what we were talking about in the first half of the show is that um, people um, are not paying attention to the decisions that they're making. They're reacting based on emotion or excitement or whatever. And, and if uh, William DeBane says gold is it's time to buy gold, they buy gold. Yeah. And, 
<clears throat> you got celebrity that are, are promoting uh, the purchase of Bitcoin. Uh, I know that there are people out there who think this is just a passing issue, but I'm not convinced that it is. I'm not either. And the question that I think I, I ask a lot now, if you need a financial advisor and I go to Dan Perkins, you have qualifications, you have certifications, you've taken exams, you've gotten, you know, you have experience, you have a long history, a book of experience. Mm -hmm. If I ask that same question, like, who do I talk to about purchasing the long list of cryptocurrencies, NFTs that are on these exchanges that you can buy? Where do you store it so that people can't come steal it and get your codes? I mean, this is just, there's no experts that, that want to put their um, expertise on the line to give advice because they, a lot of times will say, this is my opinion and that's fine. But, you know, who, who, if you looked up, who's my crypto financial advisor? I don't even know what those, if there is certification for that. No, there isn't. There's, there's... <laughs> oh, so, so where are you getting your advice from? You know, like, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I agree. I agree. The, um, the diversity, maybe a, a very poor word to use in talks, talking about crypto, but there are a number of different cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, hundreds of them, yep. and and how do you know which one is the, is the right one to buy? That's that's a good question, and nobody knows for sure who's going to be in in business two weeks from today. Absolutely, so, I think I think my recommendation is if you got it, you probably have a loss. Probably have a loss. It's down yep. sixty sixty five thousand dollars this year. Sixty five thousand yep. one coin. Down sixty five thousand dollars. Now um, they'll turn the, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoiners, just Bitcoin people that are all Bitcoin. They'll tell you the same thing that the stock people will tell you. Like this is just a trend; it's going to be low. The people that got in when it was a dollar now are millionaires. So when it got up to forty thousand, now it's down to sixteen. This is a great time to buy. So they're giving the same dollar cost averaging, all of the same advice with no real protection in place. And that's, you know, you're not 100% guarded in the stock market either, right. but there are protections in place. There are ways to stop gap, depending on your risk tolerance and your age level. When you're in crypto, it's good luck, man. You know, it's good luck. I hope it works for you. Are you getting any calls from prospective clients dealing with the crypto losses? Typically not, not that I have heard of, um, but it typically doesn't, like when we counsel people and, and the, let's say we're learning about their situation because empathy and, and discussing situations, how'd you get into this situation? Um, when we do bankruptcy counseling, you have to get uh, credit counseling certified uh, before you file and after you file to prevent you having that difficulty again. People don't typically disclose what they bought or what they did. They just disclose that they used their credit cards too much and they got overextended. They lost their job. So we don't really hear the why. I bet, though, because of the time of year that it is, when we start having these post-holiday conversations, I'm sure we're going to hear that. And the fact that you asked it, I can report back as we're dealing with you know rough economic times in the first quarter. Um, I'll query our counselors to see if any of the, any of them have heard that some of the damages have come from crypto investments on credit cards. Let's take just a moment and 
try and look into your crystal ball. What do you think the big challenges are going to be in 2023? You, you know, we, we positioned it last segment. The recession is very real. Um, the, the Fed went up another half a point and said they're going to be probably future rate increases as well, right? Yes. And then you've got the economy. Um, you've got energy that's uh, obviously uh, ticking up now and supposed to almost double in the winter. So we're, we're in for some rough times. The banks, again, we have relationships with all the banks. They are aware of the position that people are in. And unfortunately, banks do what they do. They have metrics to operate from. They have investors to report to. So people do what they do when they're approved and they use their credit line when they become a risk, their interest rates get increased, then the payment goes up, then people out of nowhere are overextended. So um, we're prepared to help. We knew this day was coming. We've told all our partners for since COVID that once this breaks and once this starts happening and then the economy went bad, that people are going to need us very badly. So Gordon, how do people get in touch with you? Well, they can call 1-800-CAMBRIDGE, Dan, or on your website, you have a, a, a website link that they can click on um, that they can basically either call an 800 number to talk to a certified counselor or, or fill out a very quick web form to get placed with a counselor for a consultation. Super. Thank you so much. Dan, it's been a pleasure. We're here to help people as much as we can. Thank you for having me. You bet. Take care. We'll be right back. 